kid. Bill, are you ready? Yep. Yeah, let it rip. Let's play ball. So can you tell us a bit about your baseball background and what you are doing right now in baseball? So my baseball background, I played high school, college, and I attempted to play professional baseball. I signed with a few independent ball teams and never really made it much farther than, you know, that. I, I got cut from all the independent ball teams I played for. So um, after that, I got into strength and conditioning. I got my CSCS, and I've basically been in baseball play development since then. So that's where I'm at now. So you recently published an article that asked, what's the difference between a baseball hit at 90 and 95 miles per hour? So can you tell us why power and exit velocity seem to matter? Yeah, so it, it is crazy. And now, mind you, these numbers are based off of major league stats, not high school stats or collegiate. So, But I would imagine that there's a similar trend going on here. So what we see at 85 miles per hour, the... It, across all MLB players, you saw a 202 batting average, a 206 slugging percentage, and only one home run hit at 85 miles per hour. So across all Major League Baseball players, if you're hitting the ball at 85 miles per hour, you will not have success at a very high rate. And then, of course, at 90 miles per hour, the, the success rate increases, but not that much. It's a 246 average, a 256 slugging percentage, and only 13 home runs hit at balls that were hit 90 miles per hour. But then as it starts to increase closer and closer to 100 miles per hour and over 100 miles per hour, we really start to see the success rates increase like crazy. So it's at 96 miles per hour, you saw a 333 batting average, a 382 slugging and 119 balls uh, hit out of the park home run. And then at 102 miles per hour, this is crazy. This, this six mile per hour jump, we had a 579 batting average. 763 slugging and over 580 balls hit for home runs. If you're hitting balls at 90 miles per hour at the major league level, you're not going to have that much success. But if you hit balls over 100, you're going to have a ton of success. And this is something that I don't think enough people understand is, okay, yes, I'm hitting a ball at a pretty high rate. I'm hitting a ball at 90 miles per hour, which is great for a high schooler. But if you truly want to play at the professional ranks and, and everything else, you have to continue to increase that exit velocity because it increases the likelihood of having success as a hitter. So to try to get to that 100 miles per hour, you train your athlete with certain benchmarks. What are they and how do you train your athletes to generate more rotational power? So obviously we will hit quite a bit. We'll do a lot of swinging. There's no doubt in my mind that that specific action of swinging a baseball bat at high intensities, whether that's with overload and underload implements or just your regular bat, swinging at high intent is 100% a necessary piece to the puzzle. But on the SNC side of things, I definitely try to make sure that athletes' rotational medicine ball throwing velocities all improve. So what I do is I'll track every two to three weeks a medicine ball rotational scoop toss and a rotational shot put throw. And if the two and the three pound medicine ball throwing velocities are improving, then I know our strength and conditioning programs are working in such a way that is specific to that baseball power. So if you think about it like, like uh, having a measuring stick for your strength and conditioning program, we can do a lot of things. We can increase their bench press. We can increase their squat, their deadlift, and all those other things. But those movements are so 
far away from what we're actually doing on the baseball field. They're so far removed from the velocities that we work at in baseball, as well as the planes of motion and, and things of that nature. So we want to make sure that we have a measuring stick that we can use every few weeks to test and make sure that all the bench pressing and all the squatting and all the deadlifting that we do in the weight room is going to help make sure that that rotational power is improving. And that's what I like to make sure I'm doing with, with all the athletes I train. So I've increased my peak uh, hand speed from around 70 to around 80 now. So what, mm -hmm. what can athletes do that are stuck at home right now uh, to keep on doing to develop that power? So obviously, if you have uh, access to throwing medicine balls, you don't need a radar gun to, to throw uh, for performance with the medicine ball. What you can actually do is take that medicine ball and perform rotational shot put throws, scoop tosses, chest passes, and overhead throws for distance. So simply taking the medicine ball and throwing it as far as you possibly can, tracking where it goes, pick up the ball, and do it again. And obviously what I would recommend is, is some sort of strength training methods as well as, you know, so you know, banded exercises, push-ups, inverted rows, pull-ups, things of that nature are all very good. But if you really want to focus on that high-velocity strength or that power aspect, I would say chuck the medicine ball for distance, and you should be uh, able to see some really good results. According to a recent article that the Dodgers uh, just put out, they follow an old scouting mantra, power comes last. So the Dodgers um, really try to seek players that are versatile and who hit for average and have just strong play discipline, believing that they can then teach those players how to hit for power. Uh, so why do you think that people still need to train for power, not just train for the average? Yeah, I mean, you know, like, to be quite honest with you, I'm not the best uh, expert in the, in the field of baseball, so I'm not going to trash talk somebody who's in the, the Dodgers system spelling these things out. But in my opinion, you have to have the engine first. You have to have the athletic capabilities to play at that level because you think about ages 14 through 18, before you even become a professional athlete, those are the biggest years of growth that you can have in your entire life. So if you're not spending that time training the engine or training for that power capability, uh, there's, there's four or five years of development that's simply wasted, in my opinion. Um, obviously, you have to have the skill set to play at the professional ranks. There's no doubt in my mind about that. But if you focus on power last, you've simply wasted four or five years of development, in my opinion. So I, I think the power has to be there as well. Unless, of course, you're somebody like, a Billy Hamilton, who is just a speedster. Um, but on that note, something I was just thinking about, even Billy Hamilton can hit a ball over 100 miles per hour. His peak exit velocity in his career is 101.9, actually. So even the speedy guys can hit balls at an extremely fast rate. So if, if you don't have the exit velocity, you're probably not going to play at the professional ranks to begin with, in my opinion. So where can people find out more about you and your resources? Uh, I honestly, I'm very active on social media. So Instagram is at Bill Miller training, all one word. And, uh, on Twitter, I'm at Bill Mills, all one word. Um, I'm very active on those. So anytime people have questions, they simply will, uh, reach out to me on there. And I, I respond pretty quick, typically speaking. So our final question here is you're trapped on a deserted Island or stuck at home because of quarantine. You have to bring three things that can train your power. What are those three things that you're bringing with you? 
Oh, that's a tough one, man. All right. So the first thing that I would bring is a sled. I would have a sled there because the sled is one of the most versatile pieces of equipment that I've found. You can work on power with sprinting. You can also do sled press throws. Um, and man, that's one thing that I miss, like not being able to go to the gym and use the sled because there's so many things you can do, pressing, rowing, sprinting, and uh, things of that nature that the sled is extremely important. So I would say that's first. The second thing would probably be a medicine ball. Like if you scroll through my Instagram feed, I'm a huge medicine ball nut and, and everybody uh, talks about me being like the medicine ball guy and stuff like that. So if I had had a medicine ball that I could throw for distance, I would definitely take that with me as well. And then to be quite honest with you, I would bring my baseball bat and a, and a tee with. If I had a tee that I could hit at maximal effort with all day long, I would probably do it on, on most days just because that, that sports specific quality of swinging at high intent, it not only works on that high velocity strength and that power necessary to hit balls hard, but it also can clean up some mechanical issues as well. Um, you know, with a lot of guys I train, if medicine ball power is going up, but baseball swinging exit velocity is not going up, then I know that there's something going on with those swinging mechanics that's holding that athlete back. So I do think that the that having a bat and a tee is, is extremely valuable as well. Bill, thank you so much for playing ball. All right, for sure. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Alan Yeager, for the review this week. Hey, it's Sammy here. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, I would like to ask for your help. Tell me what questions you would like answered. If you could also take a moment to review the show. The algorithms are taking into account how many ratings and reviews I get. The more reviews, the more people they restore the podcast with. And don't forget to play ball, kid.